What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. What is up, my purple ninjas? Welcome to the My Prince Story Podcast. I'm Dana Marshall, your host. While at Paisley Park, I had the chance to speak with three people about their Prince stories. We're going to hear from Paige, Angela, and Pam. Here is My Prince Story. I'm sitting with a guy that I've known about my entire radio career, but could never pronounce his last name. Paige, before we get into your Prince story, how do you pronounce your last name? Nienaber. Okay, it's nothing like what I thought, so I'm glad I asked. (laughs) I know you as a promotional wizard, but what would you say your job title is? I'm basically the idea person for a couple of hundred radio stations. Okay, so you're an idea person. I'm an idea person. I'm an idea factory. I'm an idea man. I like that a lot. (laughs) Uh, Now... I love everything you do, and I love how incredibly inappropriate you can be. It's my favorite thing about you. Um, now that that's said, we were just talking about Prince, and you had so many Prince stories, but one that really stuck out to me was about a time that you visited Paisley Park way back in the day. Tell me a little bit about that. It had just opened up. I mean, it had been there uh, for like a year. Before that, he did a lot of his stuff uh, over on Flying Cloud Drive in in a warehouse, yeah. and that was a lot of the rehearsals and uh, and, and and training and dance training and, and uh, acting training because all the the band had to learn how to act for Purple Rain. That all happened over on Flying Cloud Drive when they built uh, Paisley Park in about '85. Uh, I was working at a radio station in Minneapolis, and we had had a new jingle package created for the station, and it had been mixed at paisley park so uh as as a minimum wage promo schlub i was out in the station vehicle and uh one of my list of things to do that that day in addition to spotting cars and giving them money for for bumper stickers um was they wanted me to you know drop by paisley park and pick up a form or pick up some tapes whatever it was and i was like you know cool right so i remember getting there uh cool and the gang were out playing basketball on the basketball court and I think you do forget just how many people, you know, recorded at this place. So, you know, I got in and there's an unbelievably cordial person at the front desk. Yes, they knew that I was coming. Come, you know, follow me. We'll come back and get the package. And in the hallway, they had one of those fire boxes that is, you know, bolted to a wall and it has a, a fire extinguisher in it. And, in, and then you have the, the little bar where you break the glass. Inside the fire extinguisher box was this MTV Music Award. And I was just, you know, I was, I said, oh my God, that's an MTV Music Award. I mean, that was just, oh my, I wanted, I wanted to break the glass and touch it. And then, you know, the, the person who was giving me the real quick tour on the way to get the package was like, brought me into the drum room where they record, you know, recorded the drums. And it was made of graphite block walls. And there was a drum set in there. And she was like, you know, go ahead i won't tell anybody so i picked up a drumstick and just went it sounded so cool just because of 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 the non-insulation and the the reverb and all that stuff it was just really amazing and uh left that day and just went 
I was in Paisley Park. There's a magic in Paisley Park for sure, but it, it does make me wonder if that's where the MTV award is, where did he put the Oscar? <laughs> it probably was like holding a door shut or something yeah, like it's that. It's a paperweight or something, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, he appreciated it, but, you know, he I think he had a sense of humor. People like that, I respect it, and I'm confused by it at the same time. Right. You know what I mean? I remember seeing a video of uh, one of the guys from Pearl Jam. They were in his attic, and he's like digging through things, and he just happens upon his Grammy, and he just tossed it. And the guy interviewed was like, that's your Grammy. And he goes, yeah, whatever. Like Some artists are just, they have a certain relationship with awards that I don't understand. But Prince is in a whole other place when he puts it in the firebox. It was just really cool. At the, at the time, right across the hallway from the radio station was the office for the Jets. Which hopefully your next podcast here will be about the Jets. Yeah, the Jets, if a lot of people don't know, the, the group from the 80s that were all family siblings, basically, they're from Minneapolis as well. Yeah, via Tonga. They were a Tonga, yes. Tonganese family. And their manager was this guy who had, he had managed David Bowie and written a song for Stevie Wonder and had won a Grammy. And then he dropped out of the music industry and managed a car dealership. I was going to say, didn't he sell cars after that? Yeah. Yeah, but he did all of his own jingles and stuff. So, you know, I could look out the office window of the radio station right across the atrium was was Don's office and sitting on the desk was the Grammy. And I was just like, again, I was like, right there. That's that's incredible. And a lot of times when people think of the Minneapolis sound, it's easy to go Prince, more stay in the time. But the Jets crush on you, that doesn't really come to mind a lot. It's so great that you mentioned that. Yeah. No, they were they were huge. As often happens, I don't, you know, everybody's going to have their own side of the story, but I believe that he may have absconded with most of their money. That that doesn't sound like the music industry at all. No, no. That's a, this sounds like a car dealer, though. And now the Jets tour with the word slave written on their face, so that's Here weird. There we go. <laughs> Well, Paige, thank you so much for taking time today. I appreciate it. This has been very cool. Thank you. You heard Paige mention both Cool and the Gang and the Jets. Cool and the Gang didn't record anything at Paisley Park as far as I can find on the internet. However, they did rehearse for their tours there. The Jets actually filmed a music video in Paisley Park Studios for many people that haven't been there yet. Uh, Paisley Park is not just a place where you have audio recording studios, but also sound stages for video production and movie production. Other artists that have recorded albums there include R.E.M., Celine Dion, and man, the list goes on and on. All right, so we're actually recording this, standing outside of Paisley Park in Chanhassen, Minnesota right now. Angela's with me. First of all, Angela, where are you from? From Oregon. And what do you do for a living? I'm a 911 dispatcher. You're clearly a big Prince fan like the rest of us. We just did a extended VIP tour. Before we get into what we just saw inside Paisley Park, my first question is, how has Prince impacted your life? It depends on when you want me to start. So... Um, Prince introduced me to music, which um, defines my my existence. I have music for my moods, and I have moods for my music. And if I want to switch them, I switch my music. And he was the first person that introduced me to that through his music. Now, would you say that there's something about uh, whether it's Prince's writing or or his style, something that if Prince had never existed, you would be a different person? Absolutely. I uh, would definitely be stunted in emotion I, oh, yeah. because I 
I portray my emotion through my choice of music. My, regrettably, although I'm not supposed to have regrets, regrettably I didn't learn an instrument yet. So uh, Prince's guitar was the first guitar I've had in my hands. We'll give away a little secret in the Paisley Park tour. You actually get to hold a guitar that, not just a Prince guitar, but one that Prince has played. That What an incredible experience that was. Okay, so uh, how did you first come across Prince? What was the moment where Prince got your attention? You know, it's hard to say. I was pretty young, and I was pretty um, easily influenced. And I was going through a lot in my life. And I think it was just something on an interview in a magazine that I read to begin with. And then, bit by bit, his music started coming out. And I identified with his passion. What, what's the... Uh, I hate asking this question because it's one of the impossible. It's favorite Prince song. Yes. The best answer ever. Yes. Okay. Uh, do you have a favorite Prince album, maybe? Uh, the one where I can see the small of his back. <laughs> well, this just got uncomfortable. One more favorite. I Again, I hate the favorite questions, but because, you know, they, they change for us, right? Our favorite song or album today could be completely different tomorrow because there's so much work that's amazing. But is there a favorite style? Because Prince had such a unique changing style for every album. I think Seven encompasses his, uh, the one I identify with most often. That, that's when he had like the Thai food do and the do rag. Yeah, and um, and I think there was a lot of grounding emotion in that for me, and I go back to it a lot. That whole era and any any sample of that era or style that I can hear on the other albums as well. Yeah, that that's probably if I had to pick a favorite album, that's either number one or number two for sure. I love that album. Okay, so real quick before I lose you, let's talk about our Paisley Park experience. Okay, what did you think about it? from beginning to end? I was actually shocked. I was surprised uh, having done the VIP tour and now the ultimate tour. I was really shocked at the additional features that we had in this one. And I know that they switch it up often, so I think I'll have to come back fairly regularly to really to really get a good feel of what they what all they have to offer. But I think uh, overall I would say the quickest three and a half hours of my life that's the truth and and i want to agree with you because i've done the vip tour a couple of times and this ultimate vip that we've done i I don't know if they only do it on fridays but yeah we got to go into special rooms that i've never seen before and i like to leave some things surprises for those that haven't experienced it yet but oh it is so worth the extra money i just i don't have a lot of money but i am throwing it at paisley park today Agreed, agreed, and maybe tomorrow. Yeah, oh, that's, uh, the, yeah. So, listen, if you if you're a Prince fan, know that because a lot of people are concerned that this is disrespectful to Prince to come to his place of, I mean, where he lived, where he, yeah. Uh, but this is actually something that Prince wanted. He wanted a museum. He built it for this reason. Uh, but for me, I've been here maybe four times. It never gets old because it's not just seeing things. It's it's a feeling you get. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. And I was I'm I was questioning all all the things that could have changed from the time that his feet touched these floors right. to the time that my feet touched these floors because ultimately that's what I want is to to exist in the air that he existed in and breathe the air that he breathed and feel what he you know a shade of what he may have felt but 
to see the videos and know that that carpet was there when he was there yeah. and I'm there in, in that carpet. That's very well said. That is, that is kind of the vibe you live. Uh, it's, it's a space where, where you'll get emotional. You'll recognize things from music videos and you also get to see some humanity of Prince that you may not expect, especially on this tour. Again, don't want to give away surprises, right? No, um, I'm so glad to meet you, and uh, thank you so much for spending time with me today. Thanks for having me, and thanks for sharing. I had such a great time with every person I met on my Ultimate VIP tour at Paisley Park. In fact, we'll probably be hearing from other people I was on the tour with as we do interviews coming up with them uh, via phone or Skype in the very near future. And by the way, thanks for sticking through this episode of the podcast as I'm losing my voice. That cannot be easy on your ear holes. I really appreciate it. Hopefully my voice will be back by the next episode. Fingers crossed. But I can do a sexy deep voice. Oh, yeah. And I just lost most of you. Okay. For those of you that are still with us, we have one more guest for this episode. And we're going to get into the story a little bit, but what an ego stroke this was to show up for my Prince tour at Paisley Park and have someone recognize me from this podcast, My Prince Story. It's a passion project and have something like that happen, oh, meant the world to me. So now we've gone from San Francisco to Oregon. Now we're going to go all the way over to the far east side of Canada for this next interview. Here's Pam. We're standing outside of Paisley Park right now. With me is Pam. I met Pam on the Ultimate VIP Experience Tour that we just completed. And I'm wearing a t-shirt that says My Prince Podcast. I did not think I would ever bump into anyone that's listened to my podcast. So thank you for the huge ego stroke you gave me today. <laughs> what, what a great experience that was. So Pam, this is your first experience at Paisley Park. What did you think? It is. Um, I'm, I'm still in awe. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to soak in every second I can of just being where he created, just being him. Yeah. Where he, w- he could be himself and he could, you know, just be the prince he was. In fact, didn't you get a sense of, uh, it w- okay, the artistry and everything that he's done that we've all seen has impacted our lives, but for this specifically, this tour, I felt more of like more of the humanity of Prince than the artist. There yeah. was something more this time. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I focus on that a lot anyway. I, I, I try to... I I really appreciate the person I think he was. And I, I think he he gave us who he was. Yeah. Um, as much as he could, being so public. Um, and I respect that he, he tried to, you know, keep all the popularity or the, the you know the being famous thing toned down and yeah he wouldn't he wouldn't surround himself by yeah. fans so to speak he surrounded himself by people, people. that he respected that respected him. respected him yeah. yeah so definitely um so yeah i i did feel a bit of that um but I, like i said I, I carry that part of with him with me all the time um i yeah i've been carrying him with me for 30 some odd years <laughs> so Pam where are you from I'm from Prince Edward Island Canada now I am going to be Canada stupid is that far west uh, no. I, I'm not very good with direction just give right. me a sec um, east yeah we're a bit, a bit east okay a bit, yeah we're in the Atlantic provinces of Canada okay. yeah now you just mentioned it's been three decades of Prince in your life when did Prince first become a thing for you? Mm-hmm. Um, in my living room, I was probably about 13, 14 years old. 
and I watched a lot of video shows and when the fir- when I first saw the 1999 video he had me hook line and singer I-, I was done I was there was no one else I loved Michael Jackson at the same time but Prince and Prince is the only thing I don't mean to call him a thing but he's the only piece of me that I've carried throughout my life that I carried him right from the first moment I saw him and all my albums everything else went but my Prince albums came with me that's the only thing I have left physically of my childhood oh nice I get that yeah so it wasn't like other artists or even other fads or styles that come and go Prince was something that was kind of a part of you then he is yeah and I think as fams (laughs) um he is. He, he's so much of who we are, and we see ourselves, and growing up, we could see ourselves in what he was teaching us. I felt like I, I, I've learned a lot from Prince, um, and I think more so since his passing. Um, his passing really did something deep in me that I didn't understand, and um, it... It awakened a colorful life for me that it reminded that it just reminded me so much that life is too short. Um, regrettably, I never did see him in person, live, and you know, in concert. And um, I regretted that, but I don't regret what I've learned in my journey from his passing. You really struck a nerve for me just now. That's the, the reason why I started my podcast is. I mean, obviously, I have a love for Prince, but I was very confused about why I was so affected by the passing of a person I've never personally met. Exactly. But, and it took me probably more than the year to process that. And um, I had a very good friend who helped me to process that. And um, I think, like he, like I said, he, he's just, he was so real. Yeah. He was real with us. And for, for those who wanted to listen, Right, um, and I, I, I'm so grateful and thankful that I was lucky enough to be that person that listened, and I was always interested in what he had to say, whether it be a song or just him in an interview, a quote, anything. I take that, and it's it's almost it's almost gospel, and I don't like to compare him to God, but I, I get exactly what you're saying, though. Yeah, is there a song or two by Prince? I, I hate to ask favorites, but a song or two from Prince that really cuts to your heart one of those songs are just it will never be old it will always be that song that does something to you 1999 for sure because that's where I say I, I, I met Prince that's where I met right. my Prince um, but that one and the beautiful ones I, I oh. feel there was something just so deep for him in that song maybe I'm wrong but there was just something when he sang that it, it touched and I could feel the pain and the hurt and even as a 14 I think I was about 15 maybe when Purple Rain came out and when I saw that on the big screen and him singing that song I felt like I I, I can't even describe what I felt (laughs) Um, that song just it it hit deep in me that you know that love could be that that strong and you know I was still learning all that as a 15 year old girl but um, that song has carried with me and I don't like to have a favorite either but of those of songs yeah purp- uh, <laughs> from the Purple Rain album right. um, the beautiful ones I, I refer to as my favorite Prince song 
That's kind of my favorite tone is when he does that. Something in the water does not compute. The beautiful ones and you need another lover like you need a hole in your head. They're all kind of like these these awful breakup songs, but they're really passionate. For some reason, they're kind of my favorite. I guess that says something about me being a broken human. I don't know. But, exactly. Uh, I think that's it, right? <laughs> We're human and we do break. Yeah. And he 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 was human. Yeah. Um, some of us don't like to admit that. <laughs> well, because we all thought Prince will never die. Can we just be honest that, about that? He'll, he will never die. I'm passing well it on to, yeah. I have an 11-year-old granddaughter who... Um, when he passed, I was listening a lot to his music. I would have it playing. We used to call it Prince O'Clock. We would turn on Prince, Prince O'Clock. <laughs> that is my, Prince my that's my new favorite thing. We okay, Prince O'Clock music, and we would tidy the house. So <laughs> I, I, I've taught her. She, I wouldn't say I've taught her. When she heard the songs, I think the first song I, I let her listen to, I was like, "You have to hear this one." Um, was "Let's Go Crazy," and uh, she was so she's eleven now. So she was eight when this happened, and. Um, she still remembers that's her first Prince song. And she actually gave me a memorial to put on the memorial fence. Nice. So his legacy will live on as long as I can, <laughs> you know, um, with my grandchildren. And uh, hopefully yeah. it'll stick with her. And I think it, I think it will. She, she understands him the same way, I think, that a fam does. Right. I think she gets him. One last thing before I let you go. What would you say was your favorite... I don't know, moment or thing about the Paisley Park tour we just took. Again, we just took the ultimate VIP experience, so can you can you choose a favorite? Well, just being here is top, but... The feeling is undescribable, isn't it? It is, yeah. it is. My favorite and most heartbreaking one was, though, standing at the stage in the big screen when 1999 came on. I fell apart because I saw myself as that little girl in her yes. living room. And now I'm at Prince's house watching the video. It it broke me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well said. Well, uh, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. The My Prince Story podcast is usually recorded in my Prince basement in Kalamazoo, Michigan. But this episode recorded right outside of Paisley Park in Chanhassen, Minnesota. Thank you so much to the guests, Paige, Angela, and Pam. There's more content you might want to check out if you're a Prince fam. If you go to our YouTube page, just go to YouTube.com and search My Prince Story. Or look for the link in the description of this podcast. Subscribe to the My Prince Story podcast YouTube page. Subscribe to the podcast, of course, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can get more pictures, videos, and more content updated as much as possible right now at the website, MyPrincePodcast.com. I'm Dana Marshall. Thank you so much for listening. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at ivisonvoice.com slash podcast.